Three years ago, CNN aired a series on the unseen enemy, and they reported that there are enemies lurking in our society that could be just as deadly as a terrorist attack. They are known as viruses. Their prediction was that a pandemic is coming, which will be unconstrained by borders, class, faith, and it will bring humanity to its knees. Interesting language, isn't it? Whenever I think of people falling to their knees, it is either in the presence of God or in the presence of a monarch with a crown on his head. You probably know that the word corona means crown, and it is used in the word coronavirus because it refers to the way the virus looks under a microscope, kind of like there's a crown on top of the virus. Human coronaviruses were first identified in the mid-1960s, and they have been among the viruses responsible for the common cold. However, the mathematical predictions for the spread of COVID-19 have indicated that the infection rate is at least double that of the common cold. And according to Dr. Anthony Fauci, the US's top infectious disease expert, it is at least 10 times more lethal than the seasonal flu. This is no common cold. Professor Gabriel Ling, who is the world's foremost expert on coronavirus and who also led the struggle against SARS, which is another coronavirus, estimates that up to 45 million people could die from COVID-19. I hope that's not true. But whatever the outcome of the coronavirus COVID-19 situation, it is a crisis of global proportions. The scriptures speak about pestilences or widespread infectious diseases that will come upon the world with greater intensity and severity in the last days of Earth's history. Psalm 91 assures God's people of the Lord's protection. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. The Bible identifies another unseen enemy. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, the Apostle Paul warns us, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits. These evil spirits from the dark world have one aim, to infect you and me with the virus of selfishness and sin, because that is the virus with which they themselves are infected. Their aim is to bring you and me to our knees in despair, fear, shame, and hopelessness. Therefore, in the midst of all the panic, overwhelming worry and anxiety, Jesus speaks these calm, assuring words to you. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. 
Jesus knows that if you are panic-stricken, such feelings tend to break down your immune system. So He wants you to put your confidence in Him. At It Is Written Canada, our deep desire is to help people across Canada to put their absolute trust in our kind, compassionate Savior. Ultimately, Jesus is the only one who can safeguard us against all unseen enemies. If your heart is feeling troubled and fearful today, Jesus desires to give you peace. I encourage you to stretch out your hand to Him right now in prayer, and He will give you the relief, comfort, and assurance you need to live by faith and not by sight. In a moment, we'll be back to look at what we can practically do to find peace during this very trying time. We have all seen the reports of how devastating COVID-19 has been for the people of Italy. And yet, instead of focusing on the negative, they have chosen to create positive and uplifting moments for themselves. For example, despite Italy being one of the worst affected countries by COVID-19, Italians have been singing songs from their windows to boost their morale. And even in the darkest times, the Lord can help us to find some light. Honestly, I cry when I see what they are dealing with. I cannot even look at it. Instead, I pray for them. And we want to ask you to pray for them too, and for their healthcare professionals, the doctors and nurses, and the support staff in Italy. Pray for those who are suffering, the families of those who are suffering with the symptoms of the virus, and the family of those who have lost loved ones. Pray for our leaders throughout the world who need divine wisdom to know how to move forward with God's guidance. We recently read the thoughts of a doctor who is working in Lombardy, Italy. He wrote, Never in the darkest nightmares did I imagine that I would get to see and live what is happening here in the hospital for the past few weeks. He continued, the nightmare is flowing. The river is getting bigger and bigger. At first, a few came, then dozens, then hundreds. And now we are no longer doctors, but we have become sorters and decide who lives and who should be sent home to die. Although all these people have paid all their life taxes here in Italy. Until two weeks ago, he continued, my colleagues and I were atheists. It was normal because we were doctors and we learned science and science told us to exclude the presence of God. I always laughed at my parents going to church. Nine days ago, a 75 year old priest came to us. Gentleman, he had serious respiratory problems, but he had a Bible with him and he impressed us when he read the Bible to those who were dying and they were holding him by the hand. This doctor wrote further, being us all doctors, tired, discouraged, psychologically and physically finished, when we had time, we were listening to him read the Bible. Now, we have to admit, we as humans have reached our limits. More we cannot do and more people die every day. And we are exhausted already. We have two colleagues who have died and others are just standing still. We realized that 
where it ends, when man can do no more, we need God. And we have begun to ask deep questions when we have some free minutes. He recorded these words. We talk among ourselves and we cannot believe that from the fierce atheists we have come daily to find our peace, asking the Lord to help us, to resist despair so that we can take care of the sick. Tragically, he wrote, yesterday the 75-year-old pastor died and we were all finished, destroyed because the old pastor managed during his state of illness to bring us peace. The pastor showed us the way and he went to the Lord in prayer. And when he did, we followed him. The doctor concluded, I haven't been home for six days. I don't know when I lost eight and I realized my worthlessness on this earth. And I want to dedicate my last breath to helping others. I'm happy that I returned to God while I was surrounded by the suffering and death of my fellow men. Facing such devastating circumstances does that to us. It helps us to look up, to look beyond ourselves to God, to ask Him to help us. And when we do, whenever we turn to God with a broken, contrite heart, He comforts us and gives us a peace that is beyond all understanding. In Ecclesiastes 7 verse 4, the wise King Solomon informs us that the heart of the wise is in the house of mourning. So when we come face to face with human pain and suffering and death, we sober up and we take life seriously. I know that was the case for me when I had to face the deaths of my loved ones. I began a quest in search of the meaning of life, in search of God. So you started this quest in search of the meaning of life, as you said, or in search of God. Where did you find solid answers? Well, dealing with discouragement is never easy. And after having far too many encounters with death, the death of my eldest brother, Joe, in a farm accident when I was 10 years old, and he was 18 when he was killed, and the death of my mother who took her own life, I was pretty much a wreck at that stage of my life, and I was on a crash course with alcoholism. But that's when someone gave me a Bible, and he told me that if I read a chapter a day, it would change my life, and he was right. Reading the Bible changed my life, and it gave me hope. In time, it took away my tears and my fears of death and of the thought that we are living in a meaningless universe. We are not. We are living in a very meaningful universe. We can put our complete trust in God because when we read his word, the Bible, our eyes are open to see the truth. And as Jesus promised, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. So if you have any fears at this time, fears of contracting this virus or fears that your family members might contract it, or maybe you have fears about your job, fears about not having enough money to pay the bills and what will happen in the future, we understand that. Those are legitimate fears, but God understands those fears too. And we want to encourage you to put your complete trust in God.
to open your Bible, to turn to Him in prayer so that He can give you peace and He will enable you to overcome your fears. Jesus assures us with these words from Luke chapter 12. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or but about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, and yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? And verses six and seven say, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, yet not one of them is forgotten by God? Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. God does not forget the birds of the air, the ravens and the sparrows, and he comforts you with these words that you are more valuable than many sparrows. Before we share with you more promises from the Word of God, let's listen to Caitlin as she sings, His Eye is on the Sparrow. Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows
Why should you feel so discouraged? God's eye is on the sparrow, and you know He watches over you too. If you're feeling anxious because all the uncertainties that are in the world right now, we want to open up God's Word to you right now. The Bible gives us this insight into God's heart. And it's such a beautiful view of God's joy from these words from Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. The Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one, will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Look at the repetition of the word with. Bob Goff, the writer of the books, Love Does and Everybody Always, says that he has a lodge in British Columbia and his family invites lots of people up there to visit him. They have a tradition where everyone who comes to visit them climbs under their dining table and signs their name and next to their name, they write one word. So what one word would you write? (laughs) Bob Goff says his friend Don wrote the best word. And here's what Don wrote, with. Bob says he thinks that's the word God would write under their table because the word with is much bigger and worthier and more accessible than any 10 Bible verses. It doesn't sound like a big theological statement, he says, because it's not. It's a huge theological statement because it's God's purpose for us. With is the reason Jesus came, and it's the reason why he's coming back. Look at this in John chapter 14, verses 1 to 3. Jesus assures you, and take these as his assurance to you personally, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. There are more prophecies about the second coming of Christ in the Old and the New Testament than there are about any other event. Why? Well, because Jesus longs to be with us Mm. eternally. In fact, the word with is the whole Bible in one word. So look at these other scripture texts. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, from Revelation chapter 21, verse 3. And the book of Genesis says that Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. And you can walk with God too, just like Enoch. Take your Bible in your hands, bow your head and pray to him that he will speak to you. And he will. You will get to know his voice because when you seek him, you will find him when you search for him with all your heart. Because we serve a God who listens, a God who knows us better than we know ourselves. This morning I came to the Lord feeling discouraged, down and anxious. My heart is so broken when I look at Italy. I have a friend whose sister works as an LPN at a nursing home, and these are her words. It is like a war zone over here. 
When my friend does get an opportunity to speak to her sister, she says they talk like it's their last time. Because the Lord knows me so well, He knew exactly what I needed to hear from Him this morning. Yes, He knew exactly what I needed to read in order to comfort me and give me peace. So He led me and spoke to me through the following Bible verse, Be of good courage, and He shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Did you hear that? God is speaking to you too. He is telling you to put your hope in Him, and He will strengthen your heart and give you courage. We do not need to feel discouraged. God's love helps us to bear all things, hope all things, and endure all things. Amongst all this chaos, God is commanding us to go forward. Even though our eyes can't penetrate the darkness and we feel cold waves about our feet, He is commanding us to go forward because He is with us. He loves us too much to let us go. In Matthew 1, 23, he says that his name is Emmanuel, which translated is God with us. Jesus is Emmanuel. God is with us. And even if you die, you have the comfort of knowing that your life will be hidden with Christ in God. Yes, look, look at these encouraging words from the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Even death cannot separate us from God. This is why I personally am not afraid of death. If you place your trust in Jesus as your Savior, death is a conquered foe. Fear of death flees. Let's think for a moment behind this coronavirus crisis. Let's say it all goes away tomorrow and we all live to be a healthy old age. Say we all live for more than a hundred years. Then what? We die. Is that it? Is that what life is all about? No, not at all. In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus proclaimed, I have come to give you life and that you might live it more abundantly. Jesus is talking about an abundant life here and now, and a much more abundant eternal life with Him in heaven. So this is not a, a go for it, you only live once type of life, no. Let's see what the Bible says. Draw aside the curtain and reveal to you the truth. The life that we live here on this planet called Earth can be very happy, but it is nothing compared to the eternal happiness that God really wants you to experience. The greatest joy that you have ever or will ever experience here on this earth is merely a foretaste of what heaven will be like. This is why Jesus came to this earth. In John 15 verse 11, Jesus says to you, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Softly and tenderly, Jesus calls for you and for me to come to him and let him fill us with his joy, joy everlasting.
Friends, let's turn to God in prayer right now. Father in heaven, we thank you so much that you hear us. We thank you that you speak to us through your word. And if there is someone who's listening right now and their heart is feeling worried and discouraged, I pray, Lord, that they will find comfort and peace in their hearts right now, that they will turn to your word. I pray, Father, that you will turn people's attention to reading the Bible, to pick it up, and read a chapter a day. And if they need guidance, that they will contact us here at It Is Written, that we will pray for them, that we can even give them free Bible studies. Lord, I, I thank you for hearing and answering our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. So friends, 
in these difficult times, I want to remind you again of the words of Jesus where he says, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit iiw.ca. Or you can go to IIW Canada YouTube and click on the videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening.